What it comes down to whenever you're doing any kind of presentation, whether you're doing it on a video, whether you're doing it in front of folks in person, um, it comes down to your audience is building a relationship with you. Your slides, your images are not the presentation. You are the presentation. So as you go forward to present, uh, be true to yourself, speak from your heart, and enjoy every minute of it. Good morning, good evening, good afternoon, wherever you are and wherever you're watching from. My name is Matt Pierce. I'm host of the Visual Lounge, where we talk about using images and video in the workplace. Today, on today's show, we've always got great shows for you. I hope you guys like what we're doing here on the show, but let, you know, always let us know, like, subscribe, send me an email, whatever it might be. But today we're gonna be talking with Leslie Chamberlain and we're gonna be talking about this idea of how can you move to getting to a presentation faster? Now that presentation, we're gonna see if it can apply to like, if it's just presentations or if that's, these principles could also apply to things like videos or using images to help you create the you know, presentation. Maybe your image will tell the story here for you. So let's go ahead and introduce Leslie as we get started today. Meet Leslie Chamberlain, the powerhouse of customer success with over 15 years of experience. Leslie's passion for delighting customers and driving business growth is simply contagious. And I agree with that. Based in Chicago, Illinois, Leslie thrives on delivering game-changing solutions in the fast-paced world of SaaS and nonprofit organizations. Her leadership spark has ignited high-performing teams, achieving remarkable net promoter scores, customer satisfaction, or CSATs, ratings, and extraordinary retention rates. With expertise in customer success strategies, data, wizardry, and effective team leadership, Leslie is a true champion of excellence. She's known for transforming startups and establishing companies alike with her unstoppable drive. What is Leslie's secret sauce? Well, it's embracing new technology, proactively solving challenges, and turning customer success data into pure gold. She's the go-to guru for developing high-performing teams and driving results. You can connect with her on LinkedIn to infuse passion into your customer success journey. And we look forward to having her here on the Visual Lounge. Please help me welcome Leslie Chamberlain. Hi, Leslie. <laughs> Hey Matt, thanks so much. That was fun. Yeah, it is. It's I love reading people's bios. It's so fun. Uh, you know, sometimes people are like, "Oh, I can't believe I wrote that," and sometimes people are like, "Yeah, that's me. It's awesome." And I'm like, "No, I love it. They are so awesome." And I am. I'm just so excited you've been here. Now, to be fair, you. I think you came on a, a panel show uh, yes. with the Visual Lounge. So this is not your first foray into us, but I'm excited to have you here to chat with us. Yeah, this is great. I'm psyched. All right. Well, Leslie, let's start where we always start. So first of all, let's talk about how did you get involved in customer success and, and using, you know, obviously a lot of jobs require presentations, but tie, tie these things together for us. How do you get going? Yeah, absolutely. I started off actually as um, in music. So that was my, my first career was as a music therapist and really being presenting and being in front of folks was what I had to do day to day. And so as I made transition actually from Peace Corps, where I had to do a lot of presentations had to be in front of a lot of folks since started working in higher ed. And that focus really uh, was where I needed to be to be presenting a lot more. And I had a really wonderful mentor when I started at DePaul University, uh, Dr. Joel Whalen, and he trained me and I uh, began teaching his course, Effective Business, uh, Business Communication, to marketing students. And that's when I got into this thing we're going to talk about today, which is how to do it really quickly and easily and not dig yourself a hole uh, when when someone tells you you got to present in front of folks. 
Yeah, I mean, what what an important skill nowadays, and I'm sure the landscape around us has changed a little bit with presentations because, you know, it used to be you'd walk into a boardroom and you'd give a presentation or an office, you know, but now it could be that. It could, but it could be Zoom. It could be, te- you could be thrown in. T- I, I recently was thrown into uh, Teams and I I don't yeah. use Teams. Or It's like, I felt so like fish out of water, right? And it was like, what do I do? Um, and that's not obviously probably the key part of the presentation, but I'm yeah. sure it, it matters. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. It is, I'm, I'm psyched to share the tools. I think they really apply across the board. It was actually ideas that started in the 60s and 70s from a, a debate coach in Texas. I mean, it is some old information that really, that, that works. So, Hey, hey it's t- tried and proven. That's, that's good. Exactly. But before we, before we dig into that though, so let's, yeah. let me ask you this. Cause our second question we ask people is like, how do you define success? And I'm, I'm curious for you, let's, let's kind of narrow this. Let's narrow focus this a little bit. Cause we could say uh, success for presentations, but I think that's probably depends on the presentation. We, yeah. we could say generally, uh, customers, c- customer education or things like that. But let, when you bring these together, typically, if you're a customer success individual or you're creating learning content for your yeah. audience, internal, external, how do you find success for presentations? Because I think that is interesting. And maybe there's not a great answer. Maybe it's the same answer you'd give in those other scenarios. But I'm curious, what would you say? I, th- I think the tricky part about presentations, right, is that we all have our own movies in our mind. And to be able to communicate that movie to someone else. So they're sharing that same movie. That That's the trick of it, right? Um, we always, the example I always give is this, uh, you know, child at the top of the stairs holding a ball, right? If you say that to someone, it seems basic enough, but everybody has a different child in their head. Everyone has a different ball in their head. Everyone has, maybe they're scared for that child. Maybe they're excited for that child. There's so many different variables. You can create a story that is the same story in your in your listener's mind, then that's that's a successful presentation. Yeah, I love it. Now I am probably thinking that I'm scared of this child at the top of the stairs. I mean, right. there's all sorts of children's stories, right? It's, it's creepy. <laughs> Why are they there? Who are this? Who is this yes. child they let into my house? Yes. <laughs> Why is this child in my house? Yes. It's not my kid. Um, okay, so sorry, I, I'm it's, it's a day. I think people are going to love this episode. Yeah. So, uh, Les, I'm curious. Uh, obviously, what's again, kind of stepping away from the presentation piece of it, we're, we're a show that we talk about using images and video. We could tie this to presentations or just generally, what's a tip that you would give the audience about using images and video in their work? Again, it could be tied to presentations, but it could just be general as well. Yeah, I, I mean, for me personally, I think, and it does depend on your personality, right? You are, you want to really infuse yourself in that presentation, otherwise it's not believable, right? And it really is about building that trust with your audience. And so for me, you know, I, I wanna have some images that are more playful. I wanna have something that is sense rich and is gonna connect to kind of how I am, what my energy is. And I think that's what folks need to keep in mind when they're doing those presentations. Think about who you are. What's, uh, you know, what's something that's really connected to you Um, Because you're the presentation, not the slides, not the words. It's you. They're building that relationship with you. So I think you got to infuse yourself in it. Yeah. I uh, just, 
so some of our, our listeners will have seen this. We've done this these a couple of different events. We call them Level Up events. Yeah. And uh, we've had some great speakers, and I have the great privilege of presenting during most of them. And I've been doing a, a very different style of slide presentation, like visually yeah. a look, than I do yeah. normally. Like I go to a lot of events, I speak at a lot of events, and I, I tend to use very visual slide decks, very few yeah. words, you know, just kind of a almost like a metering device. Like he, here's what the topic is. But yeah. for these, uh, particularly, I've, I've drawn on every single slide, and I kind of have this like yeah. 80s, 90s punk rock, uh, you know, what's the Scott Pilgrim versus the world type. I don't know what the vibe is really. It's just something like, oh, this looks like this will be fun. I love drawing. It's like a kid when you got the like, this is dating myself. When you get the TV guide and the TV guide will be sitting there and you take the pen and you give the whoever's on the cover a mustache. hundred percent. Always we did that. Always we did that. Absolutely. So, so I love that. (laughs) I love that idea. Like infuse who you are into that. It should come across that this is, this is you or, and I'm, I'm guessing, and let me ask you this, in that case, you know, there's, there's a difference between Matt Pierce, the individual, Matt yeah. Pierce, the organization. So what role, like, how do you, how do you kind of, should I be focused on, should people focus on organizational kind of definition of mm. a, a representative or is it okay to be a little bit more individualistic? I do think, yes, there is that, there's that branding component that comes into what your organization is. But like I said, at the end of the day, they're building the relationship with you as the presenter. And if you are not connected in that, um, the trust isn't there. Uh, There's a lot of stuff we don't understand about how we build trust with, uh, with folks. And, and I think, you know, we're, as humans, we're really good at understanding when something's off right? When something doesn't feel like that Mm -hmm. genuine individual. And I think you have to add your genuine nature into it as well. Yes, of course you have to have, you know, that, that branding, but yeah, it's then sometimes I don't want to get too deep into this, but you know, sometimes if it's, if the brand is so different from who you are as an individual, then the question is, are you really in the right place in that organization? (laughs) (laughs) Like, no. <laughs> to, to, totally right. Like the, the, so, what I'm hearing is there should be some some uh, connection there, right? Like it can't yes. be so far afield because others there's, it creates a dissonance, and that dissonance yes. will cause yes. people to not pay attention to what's mm-hmm. most important, and that's yes. whatever that message is. So, so I I, yes. I I can appreciate that, right? And finding, I guess it's a lot about finding the flexibility or the creativity that allows that to happen. Seems like, yes. yeah, okay. absolutely. Well, Leslie, I want to talk to you more about presentations. And I and I just had this realization. I have to, this week, during this recording week, I have a presentation that I have to give next week. I have an audience that I'm I'm always slightly familiar with. Um, yeah. I've not been to this event before. It's uh, so I'm actually uh, so we're gonna we're gonna do some therapy here. Try it out. Try it out. So okay, so so we we're talking about making presentations faster. And sometimes I think obviously sometimes you have all the time in the world, and that's great. Yeah. I do not. I have a week. Exactly. Um, and I know I've got 45 minutes I'm going to have to present on. Some of it's going to be demo. So that's kind of the easier part, yep. right? We've got mm-hmm. that plan. So how, where do I, where does someone start? They know they've got yes. this thing coming. Where do we get going? Yes, absolutely. So you walk away with, you start with what's your big message? What's the first, the big idea you want people to walk away with? So that's where you start. And honestly, write it down. You just say, here's my big idea. This is where, where I want people to leave with. And remember, 
moving forward, you may have 500 things in your head, which I think is where we all get caught up, right? Mm -hmm. I want to, oh, be sure I tell them this and be sure I tell them this. And I got to get as much data as possible into there. No, what it comes down to is our minds are only capable of holding on to so much, right? So you want to have your big thing and you have two things. That's why it's called Nichols two things. You have your two ideas that you are going to repetitively come back to. So your big idea and the two ideas underneath that. And uh, remember that we as humans, right? Remember the first thing you said, we remember the last thing you said, and we remember all the sense rich stuff in between. So are you talking about something that connects to smell and taste and touch? You want to really pull in stuff that's deep in our memory. That's the kind of stuff. Those are the memories we keep on for a long time. So if you want people to walk away with that, uh, with your presentation, first thing, last thing, and the sense rich messages in between. So two, two big things. Okay. This is where I'm, I'm going to push you a little bit because I, I, yes. I like, I, I, I love what you're saying and I can see yeah. that how that works, but I can also hear people chatting in yeah. the back of my head saying, uh, what do you, what do you, what, I've got like, but I've got 12 things. How do I, how do I focus this? How um, do you focus your two things? Yeah. Yeah. So like, okay, the big idea might be, I want them to do something, right? I want them to act in some way. I want them to, you know, uh, for me, a lot of times my message yeah. is like, I want you to go and make your first video. Yes. Like, easy peasy, okay. right? Like I want you to go make your first video. So maybe the, the two things. So help me walk through this so we can yeah. get, you know, cause I think a practical example here uh, yes, will help our audience to be able to do this. And I'm, and I'm loving this because I think, from a video creation side, if you're thinking about, think of a video as a presentation, just a different delivery medium, right? Yep. Yep. Okay. So we got awesome. my big thing. I want you to go make your first video. What's- We're going to make a video. Yeah. That's your big message. You're going to make a video. So Matt, when you are thinking about what are the, what's the first thing that comes to your mind when you think about making a video? Start. <laughs> just <laughs> start. record something. Okay. okay. The first thing is start. Let's do, let's do the one idea is start. Okay. What's the next thing that comes to your mind? My brain is so blank all of a sudden, Leslie. I can't ask me questions on my podcast. I'm supposed to ask you <laughs> questions on the podcast. What have I done to myself? No, this is, uh, so I think, you know, if, I, if I'm trying to get people to, to make their first video, uh, you know, I'm probably overcoming some, some type of objections, right? Like I'm not, awesome. I, I don't love my voice. I don't love my face. I don't love whatever. Yep. Awesome. So two ideas, start and objections. So when you think about what has to be done to getting to start, what are two things that come to mind? If I'm going to start, what do I yeah. have to do? First thing, uh, I mean, just pick a, pick a topic and push record. That's the yeah. two things. P pick a topic, push record. There's your two things. So you've got make a video, you've got start, you've got pick a topic, push record. Cool. Now you've got objections. What are the two things you think about when you think about objections? One, particularly uh, customer education folks, uh, learning development folks. I, I don't like the sound of my voice. Yep. I don't like the sound of my voice. What's another thing that comes to mind? Um, I don't have good gear. I all I got ah, is my webcam. So, so me and my gear. Yep. So that's the objections, right? Me and my gear. Okay, so now we've broken down your nickels two things. This is what everything's going to roll back to. So as you're presenting, um, and we'll talk more about some, you know, how to start and how to finish, but you're coming through, 
and you're going to be sharing about just start. Okay. Um, and the first thing is pick a topic. What are the, what are two things that come to mind when you think about picking a topic? So topic. Oh, so, oh, so you keep breaking it. Oh, I get, so I'm getting it. Like you keep breaking these down by two things. Yeah. Okay. I, I'm a little dense, but yeah. Okay. So, <laughs> so I don't know that we need to keep going through this example necessarily. Yeah, but, but, right? but then the trick there, the two things under those are going to be, you're going to take the idea and then you're going to think about how do I make this sense rich? How do I make this in a way that's really going to stick with people? So, you know, say for example, it's getting started and maybe it's, you know, getting out of your way, right? Something like that. So rather than saying getting out of your way, you might say, push a, you know, push, a, push aside all of the, uh, you know, shove aside all of the foggy smoke or the, the smoke in your way, right? So you're, you're getting this image. Now you have a sense-rich message, a sense-rich image of how to get that stuff out of your way. Then it also opens the door for you to put that image in there as you're presenting. Right? right. You might be able to toss that, you know, an image in there of somebody kind of like pushing through the muck to get to get started. So in this process, because I, 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 I'm i glad you went into the sense rich stuff because I, I did have I do have some questions about this. Right. So obviously yeah. I, I love this idea, like you're breaking it down two things, two things. And obviously it depends on how far you want to take each one. Right. I'm guessing, uh, you know, your present, you know, how much time you have, all that kind of stuff. But in the century, exactly. so you're what I'm what I'm hearing. I want to just recap for our viewer or for our viewers and listeners is that you're saying like actually use the language. Right. Like as you're presenting, as you're talking, talk about this fog, you know, pushing yes. away the the cloud of confusion. Yeah. Right. Yes. And, and then obviously the idea of the slides or the pre, the visuals is the reinforcement of that. So that kind of mind, brain, eyes, ears are yeah. all bringing it together and saying like, this is a cohesive thought. Exactly. If I put a ray of sunshine and I'm talking, pushing away clouds, maybe it's a little like, what? Yes. why is there sunshine? Right. I'm focused on the wrong yeah. thing. Exactly. And so then they walk away. And if you were to say to them, Hey, what do you remember about Matt's presentation? They're going to probably, they're going to give you the first thing you said, which typically you want it to be like questions because our brains are little computers and we want to answer questions. So that's getting people engaged. Your call to action, which is at the end. And then all of those sense rich, all those sense rich images in between. So they're going to remember like, oh yeah, I remember he was saying like, I got to just get out of that, you know, shove that stuff away. I remember the image of it. I remember the language he used because again, that's deep in our brain. Those senses are deep that's that's long-term memory so that's the stuff you'll be able to st get sticky in there with them yeah i i i'm really i'm really loving this as a concept and an approach to, to to buildings so i've got to imagine though someone who you've done this a lot you were yeah. able to quickly take my idea and and pull it down. I imagine people get stuck in this process. When you yeah. work with people and going through this, where is it that you find that they get stuck in kind of breaking down or thinking of visual? What What is the, yeah. the part that makes this where we can help maybe help people to get better so they get less stuck? Yeah, I think this is kind of interesting because it kind of relates to what you're saying about people doing the work, that they don't like their voice, they don't like their ideas, right? Like, oh, it's too me. And then we get into our own stuff. Um, what I found a lot, I've taught this to a lot, like hundreds of students, uh, where people get caught up is that sense, rich message idea. Mm. Like, oh, does this sound too dumb? Is this dumb? Do I sound dumb saying, well, no, actually it's, it's really sticky. It's what 
gets people to remember. If you're just using the technical language, that's not, that's not sticky. <laughs> There's a reason why <laughs> that's the kind of presentations that people don't remember. So that's usually where people get stuck. They say, oh, I feel really uncomfortable, like just making up these new cliches, if you will, like walking on marshmallows, right? Like, like lighter than a cloud, all that kind of stuff. It feels fluffy, but it's the stuff that sticks with people. Yeah, I've got to imagine, and I, I, I wonder, and, I, and I'm not expecting you to know off the top of your head, Leslie, but I imagine like these more creative type analogies uh, have room to be sticky. It can also, I, I can see where it can also backfire. You know, you might want to test these out, but it feels like maybe the more more visually descriptive it is, more like maybe you're thinking, mm-hmm. getting the think of the sense, using all the senses, not just like you're, you know, maybe it's a cloud of smoke that you can smell. I, yes. I, bur- the, you know, the, the burning campfire or what, what I don't know, whatever yes. it is. We could go crazy here, but like, I'm wondering yeah. if the more you do it and the kind of more, uh, engage, enriched, kind of without being yep. over the top, maybe it sticks more. Yep. When I when I would sit down with students, I would have the list. You know, here's your list of your senses. We're gonna go all the way as far as you can, right? And that's that's right. Usually a really good way to go, right? Go as far as you can out there, and then dial it back. It's hard to kind of push the door open this way. Go as far as you can and dial it back. Take each sense and think about how you connect it. And then, then you can kind of hone it in. Yeah. So I do have to ask because I can imagine there's someone who is maybe in a more, you know, we talked about branding a little bit and the importance of staying kind of true to your corporate brand. Someone's going to say like, yeah, but I'm going to go to my senior leadership. I'm not talking about fluffy marshmallows with them. Right. Exactly. I will get yeah. laughed out of the room. So <laughs> like, like, or even just it's too cliche, like in a dark and yeah. stormy night, you know, that kind of like, I imagine yeah. like, yeah. Are, yeah. are there boundaries here that we should be... Yeah paying attention to? Yeah. The first boundary I would say to your point, um, the dark and stormy night, if something is cliche, it actually loses that sense rich message in our mind. There are things that we've heard so much. We don't actually connect to those anyway, anymore, like a dark and stormy night. We don't actually imagine the dark storm clouds and, and the cold rain. We don't do that anymore. when we hear that phrase. So my mentor said, hey, this is your opportunity to create the new cliche. What's something that folks have never heard before? You're, you're using that imagery to create that new idea. Um, if it's too cliche, it's, it's, it's not going to stick. What another really important thing is, I mean, it's tricky when you have a large group, but when you have a smaller group, being able to engage the, engage the community right there in front of you. So asking you know, what is something when you're thinking about, you know, why you're uncomfortable with your own voice, you know, what is it? What is it that you don't like, mm. you know, and then you start to get kind of their senses, their sense of messages, and you're, you, you can plug in theirs. And as you get better at this, you can do this on the fly as well. Like, you know, your general idea, but also you want to use the language of the people in the room. Well, I'm glad you said that because one of the kind of questions lingering in the, the back of my head about this is that, when I know, so I'm presenting at conferences, right? Usually 50 minute right. blocks, right? 50 minutes. Um, I, you know, and I, and I know my content really well. I know what I've been talking about for years. So it's not really hard for me to, to get up and talk kind of mm-hmm. ad nauseum about the things that I talk about. But, you know, the thing I, I think about with this, what this changes a little bit, it feels like is perhaps then there are certain things that you're going to have to just commit 
to memory. Like I would say, if you ask me, like I could go through any of my presentations I've given in the last five years. I don't, but I don't, what I have not done is I've not yeah. memorized them. I don't oh. have like a key phrase. Like I know at this point I say this, right? I'm, I'm looking at my slides. I'm saying the things that I think are most important for the audience. Maybe I've asked them some questions, but I'm not a real, like, I think keynotes are, keynote speakers do this a lot, right? They, they will have yeah. prepared TED, TED, TED talks, right? They have prepared, they have memorized, you know, it's 20 minutes versus yeah. 50 minutes. Um, and so for this to work, does it need to be that type of presentation? Or is it just like, Hey, having your bank of things that you, you do, like, just kind of like you can pull these up as needed, yep. as it makes sense. Yep. And that's, I, it goes back to like, what sounds legit, what sounds genuine. And it doesn't, <laughs> my, again, my mentor, uh, Dr. Joel Whalen, who I, I loved, he would say this, you know, you're not all actors. You are not paid to do this for a living. So you're not really believable when you're reading a script. Yeah. You are believable when it's bullet points in your head and you're speaking from your knowledge. Um, of course, it comes from, to your point, Matt, like you have to have good knowledge of what you're talking about. You have to have a knowledge of your subject, uh, but you have the bullet points. You should have your questions memorized, how you're starting, mm -hmm. and you have your cold closing memorized and everything else in between is bullet points in your head. Okay. So I'm, I'm liking this because here's what I'm seeing. The correlation is that we mm -hmm. often have talked on this show about using scripts, and I'm still a fan of people writing scripts for videos. However, there is a much greater tendency nowadays, I think because things have changed in the world. Obviously, the world's been weird for the last couple of years. We've all been a little bit more familiar with being on camera, a little bit more familiar talking yeah. to a lens. Um, right. But but I, I see also the need just for speed is often like so great inside an organization that they need someone needs to make a video, whether it's to communicate, whether it's to train, whether it's to do whatever, that this actually makes a really nice model for that, that yeah, you don't have to write a full script, but you have a strong opening, you have a strong CTA or call to action at the end. Mm -hmm. But those in-between points, maybe you're, whether you're demoing something, maybe you're talking through a procedure or, uh, you know, like some kind of how, I'm thinking a lot of how to, because that's what we talk a lot about. But I'm, it could also be, uh, you know, just a message, right? Uh, but that you've, hey, here's the highlights. And I'm going to talk to those points. But I do worry about is people going long. That yeah. I, I, and just in, even in this last, minute, right? I'm like grabbing for the words. I'm breaking, taking way too much time. You, I should be hearing more from you, uh, Leslie. So like, how, how do you help people? Like they've got the bullets, they've got their opening closing. How do you help them condense that down? So it's, they're not going to go 20 minutes when they could have done three or five. Yeah. I, I think this goes back to knowing a bit about yourself as well. I mean, I, I will be the first to tell you my mind works. I have a really good understanding of time and space, right? So, you know, if I'm told I have 30 minutes, I can usually get that solid within 30 minutes. Uh, one of my best friends, it is not her gift. That's fine. <laughs> you know, there's, there's just, I think that's, that's different personalities, different people. And I think also culturally, there's a lot of different understandings of time and space that way. So I would say it's know yourself presenter. So if you know that uh, you have a tendency to go along, go a little long, that is when those practice rounds are going to be your best friend and a stopwatch is going to be your best friend, or maybe even someone in the audience or knowing that the clock, you know, knowing a clock is near you and having points 
where you say, oh, I need to look up. I need mm-hmm. to make sure I'm checking. Yeah. It's tricky though. You're right. Like it is not, it is not everyone's gift. <laughs> well, I mean, and I, 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 I'm sure I've quoted this on the show before. It's often attributed to Mark Twain. I, the, the quote, I did not have time to write you a short letter. Mm-hmm. So I wrote you a long one instead, you know, uh, we are all, we're all yeah. guilty. Yes, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so I want to, let's talk about kind of the skill building process here for just a second. Um, Pretty soon we'll have to go to our speed round questions. However, uh, what I'm curious from a skill building standpoint, I can a couple things I can hear someone saying, kind of in their their objections to this, right? Like, uh, I happen to have a spouse who I love deeply, but she will tell you, I'm she's like I'm not creative in that kind of way, right? Like, the sensory stuff, mm -mm, not gonna be able to think about it. So I want to think about like, uh, first question: Is there something that you would suggest people do to build that kind of understanding of how to build good sensory type of experiences. And then any resources or things that we could point to, to, because again, I think that drilling down, you did it so masterfully, but I could see (laughs) until you've done it 10, 20, 30 times, you might struggle to really dig that down. So I know it's two things and I don't normally like to load up on the two things, but I want to make sure uh, I got them out. So build sensory kind of skill, understandings, writing, imagery development skills, and then building up how to dig down. Yeah, absolutely. I think I'll start second first. Um, Perfect. Yeah. So go with that image. Like I would say, create that chart, the chart, you know, your first big idea, take away your big message, idea number one, idea number two, and then the, the four things underneath that, right? Create that every single time. And so you get that practice of of writing it that way. As far as getting those creative ideas, those sense-rich ideas every time, um, yeah, I think starting starting with, you know, here's your senses, here's your list of senses, and and going through there. But then, you know, Uncle Google can be your buddy too, mm-hmm. right? Just uh, or even Chat GPT, right? Like, okay, hey Chat GPT, I'm talking about being uncomfortable and what are five, five ways that, uh, five uncomfortable senses, five uncomfortable smells, five uncomfortable tastes, mm-hmm. five, unco- right? Like use chat to use the technology you have, uh, you know, in, in front of you, you know, use a, use a, uh, thesaurus, right. But just getting that, getting that practice in and, and, and seeing, like you said, the more you do it, the easier it becomes. Yeah. Well, I I, I love that, and I, I I appreciate the use of technology. You have I imagine just also being aware of kind of what other people are doing. Listen to other really great speakers. What do they do? Yes. Uh, I would also suggest you know just uh, try some things out, like throw it on paper and yeah. see what happens. Who cares? Just it's see what paper. Happens. Yeah. Not even paper anymore. It's just a screen. It's, it's digital <laughs> pixels that are going to go away. So yeah. Well, Leslie, this has been awesome. Uh, with our time, though, we're we're gonna we're gonna move into our speed round questions. Which, if for people new to the show, speed round is quick questions with quick answers, determined by the roll of a twelve sided die. So let's go speed round. All right, so let's go over to our dice cam, all set up and ready to go. So let's roll the die. You ready, Leslie? Let's do it. Okay, first roll is in, and it's question number ten. Okay, so if you had the opportunity to shift careers out of the world of customer education, which you've been doing for a while, what would you do? It could be anything, no limits here. No limits. 
if I could do anything, I would love to be, I'd love to be a travel writer, a travel, like a travel blogger, um, travel the world with my family and talk about what it's like being a family of three on the road and our experiences. That would, that would be awesome. And that would be amazing. Right. How to monetize it? I don't know, but it would be amazing. I know. Some people do. And I'm incredibly envious of those folks. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, let's go on to our next question. Great answer. Next question. Oh, we can't get this very rarely oh, happens. So we're going to let's let's do it again. That's a four this time. Four. Okay. Okay. So, Leslie. What is your guilty pleasure song or movie that you secretly love? Obviously, it can't be so secret because you're telling the world right now, but what do you think? I'm telling everyone. Oh, secretly love. I mean, I'm I'm pretty straightforward. So, I, I mean, I'm dorky enough to admit that the ones that are ridiculous. You know, Love Actually, we watch around every Christmas. <laughs> and just, it's so... It's like everything, everything about it, the cheesiness about it is amazing. The singing about it is just joyful. It's, it's perfect. Awesome. Uh, and also, uh, I believe it's a great reference. If any of our uh, friends out there are Ted Lasso fans, there's a great episode where there's a, a great lo- reference. To I love, love yes, absolutely. <laughs> great episode. All right. Last question. Last question here. Let's roll the die one more time. And it is, that is a six. And we, I, I always educate our dice, dice folks because it's got a line underneath. So that's a six. Okay. Yeah. So share a piece of advice yeah. that you've received that has had a lasting impact on you. What's something someone has said to you or given you as advice that's had a lasting impact? A lasting impact. I will say, so, uh, so since we're on this role of Dr. Whalen, my mentor, um, when I was thinking about doing my doctorate, um, I said, Hey, Joel, can we, you know, I want to talk to you about this. And we sat down and we went out and he said, here's the deal. It is really hard on your family. So when you make that move to, to get a doctorate, it needs to be all hands on deck and it needs to be a decision that's done with the entire team in mind. Um, and that's, and that's, was really powerful for me. And that's kind of how I decided to make the move and have my husband and my daughter fully on board before I started that move. Awesome. That's great advice, by the way. Yeah. And lots of things. Yeah. It reminds <laughs> yeah. me of when I was thinking about getting a doctoral degree and my, my uh, advisor said, you need to be really passionate. <laughs> and he's like, I don't think you're really passionate. I'm like, oh, okay. Oh, so. Thanks. Okay. Okay. I guess I better figure that out. Well, Leslie, I I love chatting with you. This has been just fantastic. Um, Before we wrap up the show today, if people wanted to reach out to you, they want to learn more from you, where, where should they connect? Yeah, you can find me on LinkedIn. It's uh, I'm Leslie Chamberlain and yeah, I'm, I'm psyched to connect with anybody. I, you know, I love mentorship. My dissertation is on mentorship. So happy to talk to folks about changes in careers and uh, you know, find me there. Awesome. Well, guys, go check check out Leslie's stuff. She is a great resource. All right, Leslie, as we like to wrap up every show, uh, what is your final take? So, so here's my final take. Uh, what it comes down to whenever you're doing any kind of presentation, whether you're doing it on video, whether you're doing it in front of folks in person, um, it comes down to your audience is building the relationship with you. Your slides, 
your images are not the presentation. You are the presentation. So as you go forward to present, uh, be true to yourself, speak from your heart, and enjoy every minute of it. Awesome advice. Thank you, Leslie. Thanks, Matt. This was so much fun. Absolutely. And always great to have you on the show. Yay. Thanks. You bet. All right, everybody, go check out Leslie's stuff. I mean, talk about really practical, focused advice today about creating presentations. You can apply it to making videos. I'm sure it applies to many things that you can do. So go check that out. You can learn more. Uh, we'd love to have your feedback. We'd love to have your comments here. You can email the visual lounge at techsmith.com. You can always like and subscribe on YouTube. That helps other people find the channel and make sure they're getting these awesome content creators and people that are just amazing to share their information and insights with us. If you're a podcast listener, we've got you covered too. Go like and follow on whatever your favorite podcasting platform is. We are there for you. Now, with that said, we like to wrap the show up the same way, the same advice, and it's cool because we talked about it today. Now, the thing is, you know, look, if you're making images, you're using video, you gotta start. Just start making those, blow away the fog of discontent, move out the, the barriers of physical rocks that block your mind from being able to do this, and just get started. And we hope that you take some time to level up every single day. Thanks, everybody.